What's up and welcome back to the PCC podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about what it is like to become a client for a one-on-one coaching service. And I'm not actually going to be talking about this from the lens of PCC. I'm actually going to be talking about this from the lens of my own journey because I have recently been in those shoes and it's given me a lot of really great perspectives and insights as to what it's like to be a client at a coaching company that is high caliber in the industry. And it's, it's given me a lot more empathy for how our clients might be feeling when they sign up and like what happens at each step, each phase. And I'm just going to hopefully even just do this as a little series. Like this is just my first week and a half with my coach. So I'll talk about the things that I've been learning so far, but there's probably plenty more to come. So I just want to preface with that. Um, And so I'm stepping back into the shoes of a client, and that really became apparent this week when I sent my first check-in form in and really started to reflect on what I had not accomplished in the week and uh, what I had and just where my sticking points really are. Um, And so, yeah, this hopefully will be really valuable for you if you are signing up with a new program or you're just curious and you're like, what is it like to be a client? Or maybe you are a client with us or with another company and you feel, you feel some of these things and you, this will hopefully help you feel kind of understood. So let's get into it before I get too ambiguous. So first and foremost, um, you know, I have nothing but respect and goodwill for my coach, Cody McBroom. Um, I would recommend him to a lot, a lot of people, um, but it really just depends on like what you're looking for when it comes to a coach. Like I will say, um, it's very interesting to me to see like being on the, sh- in the shoes of a client, um, what things are similar between coaching companies and what things are different. And I think it's really great because n- not, we don't serve everyone, right? PCC doesn't serve everyone. TCM doesn't serve everyone. Uh, So it's really, really awesome that there are some distinct differences in coaching styles and methodology, uh, while the ground roots of what we all do is the same, which is evidence-based client-centered coaching. So as I stepped back into a client's shoes, I think the first thing that I noticed was just the eagerness to get my protocols and get everything squared away and ready for my coach. So I was like gung-ho, getting everything done, making sure all of my information was put in. But then immediately, once that was the case, I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to get started. Are we going to have a phone call? Are we going to have a Zoom call? Are we going to be able to do blah, blah, blah? And I, for the first time in a very long time, or maybe ever, experienced that craving to have a live face-to-face Zoom call versus getting Loom videos. And um, this is something that we come across a lot because in our coaching model, what we do is we start with a kickoff call. So we do start with an hour-long, essentially, Zoom call with pretty much every client uh, to kick off. But a lot of times the question after that is like, when are we meeting again? I loved this. It was great. I can't wait to do it again. And our interactions from then on out are not live Zoom calls. And a lot of times that can like feel like a punch in the gut to the client because they really want to have that face-to-face on a regular weekly basis. But as coaches, 
we know through the trenches of working with hundreds and thousands of individuals is not only do live calls get messy because there's rescheduling and conflicts come up and then we're not meeting on a regular cadence because we keep pushing the meetings around, uh, but also from a efficiency standpoint of being able to see all the information and make the best possible decision for the client versus a live call can get kind of messy in the contents as well of how are you doing? We get to some small talk. Maybe we talk about what we need to, maybe we don't. And obviously there's skills that come with making sure that that runs smoothly. And there are some companies that do that, but ultimately we truly do believe that less gets done when you are just meeting face to face for 30 minutes, when we could take that 30 minutes and condense all of the 30 minutes of analysis, looking at the data, synthesizing what the client said, and putting it into a video for them that they then watch and is simplified for them. And it allows them as the client to sit down and really think about and reflect on their week, which they wouldn't have the opportunity to do in peace and quiet if they had just a live call and were being drilled with questions. So this is really, really important because I felt that I, as somebody who owns a coaching company where we do not do regular one-on-one calls, I was like, holy shit, I want a one-on-one call to start this off because I feel like I need it. And I'm just really looking forward to doing this. And the reason why is because I really, I just have had so much over the past two years Uh, really become like pulled to the surface. Like I have done a lot of self-reflection, a lot of work internally to get to this point where I'm ready to hire a coach. So for me, I felt like I had all of this like background information to just dump on my coach on day one. And I felt like the only way that I could do that was through a Zoom call. And so I, I definitely understand kind of that, that urge and that craving to like, I have to have a call, like I have to have, have calls regularly. Like, and I just had that urge because there, you know, we're building relationships with these people. Um, I was building a relationship with my coach and I was like, I feel like the best way to do that is on a call. But, you know, I say that all that to say that I get what that feels like. And <laughs> Cody, what he did was he was like, Hey, we can have a call if you want. But like typically my process is I, I send a limb video. It's going to be pretty long. And then you're going to gather up your questions. And if you have a lot of questions, maybe a call would be better to go over them. But if you feel like those questions can be answered, if I feel like those questions can be answered in an email or another loom video, then I'll do that instead. But if you do want to call, sometimes I have are blank, blank and blank. And I was like, Oh, well now, like I almost feel bad. Cause like, that's not the process. <laughs> and, um, and it was kind of like a reverse psychology on me. I'm sure he didn't mean to do it that way, but I was like, Oh, okay. Well you, you tell me, right? Like if you think a call would be better, a call would be better. But you know, if, if I, I watched the video, I had my questions, I sent them off and I was like, if you think you can answer these questions through an email, I'm totally fine with that too. And it just took me a second to be like, Oh, this is why they do it this way. Right. Um, which is so funny and ironic because I've been doing it this way for clients for years (laughs) and it's always worked. It's always worked really, really well. And there's always a person here and there that does kind of crave and complain about having like a one-on-one call every single week. Uh, But I truly believe that if you give the form and the intake form each week, a true deep dive and you actually take it seriously, that you're going to get so much more out of it. And that's what I had to learn. Week one, I sat down, I filled out my form and I was like, ah, that felt good. (laughs) So I definitely just understand what that felt like. 
Um, and then another thing that I learned was when things don't meet your expectations and what to do with that. So um, again, I am definitely, you'll, you'll see through me explaining this, that it's not like I'm not bashing my coach at all. In fact, I'm probably building him up and going to send him referrals in the process of making this episode. But essentially, like I had expectations around what the coaching service would be based on my prior experience of what we deliver to clients. So I thought that the response that I was going to get would be exactly what I would craft for someone else because I do this for a living. So I know what I would say, but the distinction here is that what I would say to someone else isn't necessarily what I needed to hear. So I built up these expectations and then I watched my check-in video reply and I was like, huh, that didn't hit my expectations. I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little bummed. Like, and the first thoughts that come to mind, like vulnerable, vulnerably speaking, the first thoughts that come to mind here are, did I make a mistake? Did I hire the right person? What if this isn't the right fit for me? Blah, 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 blah. Doubts, doubts, fears, fears, fears. And those are natural things to happen. So I let them happen. And I kind of sat with that for a little bit. And I was like, okay, but like, what else could this mean? Just like, play devil's advocate with yourself, right? What else could this mean? And what I realized after really kind of sitting with it and reflecting on what he had said to me was basically the response that I got in my check-in reply for week one. It was a subpar week. I struggled to turn it in because I did not follow through the way that I had wanted to or that was motivated to. And I was like, I'm not following through on my commitments to myself was the gist of the check-in that I sent. And he basically said, you need to hold yourself to a higher standard and you're capable of doing that. And he pushed me to do that. And the way that I would respond to a client is with a lot more compassion, grace, and actually like bringing the goals down to where they are because that's what our clients need. But what I had to realize was that I'm not our clients. In certain ways, I am with the things that I relate to, but with where I am in my journey and my starting point and where I need to be, I am in a season of needing to push myself and needing a little bit more of that tough love. And I didn't realize that until I really sat with it and thought like, am I disappointed because that wasn't what wasn't the tra- the message that I truly needed? Or am I disappointed because it is the message that I truly needed, but it's not the message that I wanted. That was a hard question to ask myself because only, you know, the truth deep, deep down And what I realized was it was what I needed to hear, but it's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear that it was okay that I was letting myself and my habits slip. I wanted to hear that it was okay that I was giving myself subpar habits and behaviors and being okay with it. And I wanted to hear that I can make those concessions and that things are still going to work out the way that I want. And that's just not the case with where my life is and the standards that I need to hold myself to as a leader and a CEO and an entrepreneur and somebody that others look up to. And so I heard what I needed to, and I didn't like it at first and I had to come to terms with that. So, um, that's what I learned. And I think for anybody who starts out a coaching journey, because this happens every now and again is we maybe have a certain set of expectations about what the coaching journey is going to be or what it was promised to be and what we made that out to be in our own head. And then when we get our responses or we get our protocols or we get the things that we're being told to do, we need to remember the fact that they are there for a reason. And what we're being told 
everything and anything we're being told is being told to us by the person that we trusted to hire for a reason. And instead of being disappointed that it's not the reason that we thought, we need to ask ourselves, how could this challenge me to think differently about my situation? And what am I not considering here? And how could this be opening up my eyes to a blind spot that maybe I have? And how can I take with this person that I'm paying a lot of money? How can I take what they're saying and actually take it seriously and see what comes of that? Because you really never know until you truly try. And even if you heard something that you don't want to be hearing, if you take it seriously and see where it takes you, you might be surprised pleasantly with the outcome. All in all, this really just lends itself to trusting the freaking process, trusting the person that you believed in enough to put your money where your mouth is and move forward. And when you get into this process, it's really natural to have doubts and those intrusive thoughts that are like, oh my God, did I make a mistake? Is this not right for me? Versus looking for the reasons that this could be what you need to hear in that moment. And how can you take what they're saying, take it seriously and make it a worthwhile change. Um, and a lot of us are just in the habit of not trusting the gut feeling that we had when we said, I'm going to sign up with this person and I trust them and I believe in them and they are who they say that they are. And instead we are very trained and conditioned to go with the doubts that we have in ourselves and our own judgment and our, you know, inability to follow through for ourselves. We translate that over here and we, we allow that to bleed into the trust that we have with the process of the person that we've hired we lose faith in the process. And that's where every now and again, somebody quits or drops off because of those reasons. And I wish that there was something that I could do to change that. But ultimately, I mean, I guess that's why I'm making this episode. And hopefully, hopefully someone hears it and, you know, it changes things for them a little bit. Um, and then finally, I just recognized that I have avoidant behavior tendencies when like things aren't going well. I want to avoid, I want to not take the check-in pictures. I want to not collect the data. I want to not track my food. I want to not check in. So on Sunday, when it was time for me to fill out my check-in form, I, uh, I had to really like battle myself to get my computer out and fill it out. And I just, I finally like really get what that's like for a client to like push off a check-in, miss a check-in. I didn't, and I forced myself to do it, but I understand that urge for the first time in a really long time. And um, that's something that I am going to have to actively fight against anytime I have a bad week, because what I realized after I wrote out all my wins and my struggles for the week was that it wasn't that bad of a week. It actually was a pretty decent week compared to weeks prior, but it just wasn't where I exactly wanted it to be, which like most people where I wanted it to be was perfection and it will never be there. But I did set the standard too high for myself and was disappointed in that. And that's what made me not want to check in versus when I did check in, I was forced to list out the things that I did well. And turns out that list was pretty long. So um, I definitely just understand what that's like being back in a client's shoes as well. So Hopefully this episode has given you some insight as to what it's like to start a process as a client of a company like PCC uh, from my own perspective and what I'm learning along the way. I'm going to continue to update 
this as a series in a way, uh, if this is helpful. So send me a message if it was, and if it gave you some good insights or what you learned. Now, if you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And if you really found this valuable, I would encourage that you send this to a friend that could relate or could use this message. Uh, and because every single share really does go a long way for us and helps us impact more women's lives from the inside out. So thank you so much for listening and I'll hope to see you back next week.